everybody. Welcome to another webinar with Speakin. It is my utmost privilege to welcome Ms. Sharmishtha Mitra, Senior VP, Human Resources and Chief Learning Officer, Access Bank. With a career spanning over 25 years of experience in FMCG, IT, consulting, manufacturing, financial services industries, Ms. Mitra enables large businesses of scale and complexity to perform in areas of productivity, large-scale change management, business partnering. Uh, she also partners with C-suite uh, leaders for sustainable change. Um, along with being an alumni of, uh, the, of IIM Bangalore, Harvard, and MIT, she is also a Six Sigma Greenbelt certified mm -hmm. with many more accolades to her name. It is my utmost pleasure to welcome you, Ms. Mitra. Thank you. Thanks, Ashi. Yeah, happy to be here. You're welcome. Uh, so uh, getting on with, uh, you know, talking to you about uh, the organizational learning in today's times. Uh, corporate learning, like any other, has been there for a while now. And it has also been, uh, you know, subjected to a lot of disruptions in the industry. Uh, if, if we could just get your thoughts about how the traditional corporate learning has been and how probably it has been impacted by uh, the recent crisis that we are going through, the COVID crisis. Yeah, I would say the impact has actually been uh, hugely positive, you know, for participants as well as for corporations. So, uh, you know, in the traditional mode, what would happen is, of course, classroom learning was a very important form of learning. Some of us have also been uh, going, doing books kind of courses uh, for our organizations, uh, some open learning solutions like LinkedIn learning solutions, etc. cetera. Uh, but what, according to me, has been disrupted completely is, you know, the in pyramid has been inverted. So earlier, uh, you know, uh, like 90% of our work will be to classroom and 10% to online mode. Uh, but COVID has really disrupted and made it uh, uh, absolutely 100 and zero right now. But the advantage that we see in this is huge. So one is, uh, for example, we currently do an induction program called Head Start. And we have managed to cover about 10,000 people in, in a matter of about three months. And, uh, and we run our programs to Microsoft Teams so and in each one of those, we can have 250 participants, let's say, joining us. Now, the economies of scale that it gives us is amazing. So what it does is I can get some of the best leaders from across the organization, from the you know, comfort of their homes, uh, et cetera. They are logging in, they're talking to the participants, they're interacting. I could have Sakshi not done this at all uh, in, a, in a classroom format, right? Because it would have had 50 people in one room, different parts of the country. They couldn't have flown in there. Um, at best, you know, I could have, if the hotel allowed us to do some connectivity, but it would have been much more cumbersome. And I, I see the participants recognize that a lot, that they are saying that we are loving this. So there has been, so the pyramid is inverted. The, the, the cost, the cost is significantly down. I mean, uh, our budgets were slashed by almost half or close to half, uh, but we have managed to do uh, whatever we had budgeted for. We've, we've launched something for 50,000 of our employees already, and I could do it at one-fifth the cost 
that I had budgeted for uh, in a normal time. And I've been able to get uh, much better value, uh, better quality, uh, and better bonding. Uh, but bonding is one area we need to ought to do better. It, it is possible in a virtual format uh, to help people bond. Uh, but otherwise, the economies of scale, the cost, uh, uh, reaching out to larger numbers, penetration, uh, transparency, data, everything, productivity, uh, tracking, everything has moved up by uh, 10 notches. Uh, so we are not going to change this too much even when the new normal uh, emerges. We'll just see whatever adjustments we need to make, we'll make that. Absolutely, it's amazing to hear a positive impact of the crisis. Uh, however, uh, just as a follow-up question, it is sometimes a little difficult amongst a lot of business activities and a lot of business functions that a person has during their day to keep them motivated or keep them engaged in, in something like corporate learning. Uh, how, uh, what are your steps or your suggestions uh, to be following and engaging and motivating and keeping the interest of the employees going? Yeah, very good question, Sakshi, very good question. In my view, there are some non-negotiables. And you know, these two very important non-negotiables are if you're uh, the head of your organization and the management committee or whatever name that goes by, if they are not promoting corporate learning, uh, don't even try it, right? And don't even try it even in regular scenarios, but in regular scenarios, you can still get away with it. But in a scenario like this, it's never going to work. So, so that is a first non-negotiable, you know, that, you know, it is an, it is an organizational phenomena and you see value in it. The second non-negotiable is why are you doing this, right? People need to understand when there's so much pressure, there's so much fatigue, there's so much anxiety. Uh, you know, this has to be a silver lining for them. So what are people stressed these days that will my job be there? Will my role be, uh, you know, relevant? Now, that's where we sort of step in and say, yes, this, through this process, we help you to learn new skills which you have not managed to focus to learn in the humdrums of life. You need to learn new skills, right? In our scenario, virtual selling, for example, is a new skill that they need to learn. And without that, how would they continue to do their jobs well? So, so it, it has to be seen as something which is really a value add to me. It is supporting me not only to do, do my job well, uh, but also take care of some of the anxieties that I have. So hence what we have also done is, you know, along with, uh, so we have, we have branded these initiatives. Uh, we, have it, it, we have made sure it's business sponsored. Uh, it is skill building for individuals. They get certifications, they get recognition and they see success. And they also are being able to build career. So for us, we got these strategies uh, signed off uh, even before COVID. But what we have done is we have done the same strategy deployment uh, for all of our people, uh, even in this form. And that's since it was a strategic uh, approach. So we had many things like recognition, certifications, career built into our, what we call learning journeys. So it is, there's a strong BIFM. There's a very, very strong BIFM. As an icing on the cake, what we've also done is we are also in an integrated manner, you know, offering them what we call a staying positive series, a staying positive series. It essentially helps you. We are helping them with mindfulness sessions, positive psychology, 
leaders coming and speaking on things like being in the moment, which is very life. So we are also helping them to be in touch with their life so that they don't feel alone, uh, they don't feel lonely, uh, they also become stronger within because these kind of disruptions, as we all know, in the next 30 years will continue to come every two, three years in some shape or form. Uh, so we are helping them to become uh, more resilient as well. So when you look at it holistically, that it is strategic, it is being measured, it is being assessed, you are being recognized, it helps you to do better in your work, it helps you to retain your job, and also it's helping you to become even more comfortable while you're working from home or whatever with you yourself and your family. So you have to have a holistic offering at this point in time uh, to really be able to uh, get the attention and let everyone to participate in it. We have had close to 95 to 100% attendance in our corporate learning initiative so far. That's really amazing. Um, if I could just move ahead with another uh, follow-up question on the same. Um, so there is one thing about uh, training and uh, learning of the employees and uh, something else which, uh, you know, which uh, deals with the following up of this training and the learning. Probably there are times when the employees or the stakeholders are there, they are present, they do learn from these, uh, you know, these sessions. But are there any steps which are taken by the human resource department as a follow up uh, to these trainings if they are actually being practiced or probably, uh, you know, uh, in, in the daily lives of the employees. Yeah. So for us, yes, very clearly. So one is they all have to clear assessments, so which is also, uh, and the assessment itself has application in built in it. So how, uh, and then what we've also done and are doing even more religiously now, we're linking all our offerings. Uh, we, are, we are breaking them up into micro skills. And we are linking the micro skills to key KPIs. To give you an example, so let's say one of the focus that we have as a bank is uh, to the bank, the branches to become, let's say, a point of not only service but also a point of sale. And one of the and the CSOs, right, the customer service officers who are manning these branches along with branches and other relationship managers, etc. Now. So, so what we realize is if you can do digital penetration, if you can help your customers become more digital savvy and start doing digital banking, like that's our intent to be a pioneer in this space. So we pick up, let's say, this set of people, the customer service officers, I'm just giving you one example. I'll maybe then give a leadership example. Then as a part of their journey of learning for the next nine months, uh, so let's say we, we train them on digital services as a capability. What we will do, we will break it up into micro skills. And then we are also going to not only develop them on the skills, we would also get them to apply this in terms of the business processes which are already defined. So they need to apply and we track the shift. We don't stop there. We also with the digital banking team, for example, uh, would have some key KPI signed off that how many percentage of my people uh, should move to, uh, you know, ordering through our website or use the mobile and all of that. So they also take that target. So when we do the skill building, we do it at all the three levels. This one.
so hence we we really uh, take learning as a very serious business uh, we we take the capability area we break them into micro skills then they are required to apply it and then they are also supposed to deliver on kpis and as i said that they all have to get certified in five or ten areas i just explained one area uh, but the certification would require them uh, to meet the kpi numbers which could be a result as well as uh, an in-process KPI. So for us, it's absolutely linked. And before even we start the learning process, uh, we get this sign-off done with the business, and then we track it at a skill index level uh, for uh, the individual as well as for the units that they're a part of. So that not only are the individuals responsible to meet their skill index benchmarks, uh, but the business unit heads are also first held accountable to meet their skill index uh, numbers. That seems quite a holistic approach to the corporate learning. Uh, talking about the entire landscape uh, that every industry is now seeing in the shift of corporate learning and how it is being uh, you know, practiced by all the industries. Uh, with relevance to the current times, are there any particular trends that you're seeing in the remote corporate learning that people have uh, now shifted to? Uh, can you just elaborate a little bit more? What do you mean by trends? Uh, probably the kind of uh, change in processes, the kind of change in strategies, probably, uh, you know, the, like something that comes to my mind is probably now you are able to, on a uniform basis, uh, address a larger, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, group of employees and some, some process and strategies and initiative uh, trend changes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of changes, lots of changes there. So, for example, it allows us to also move from one size fits all, one size fits all, to have a more geographic, more product based, more need based kind of approaches at a business level as well as an individual level. Because, uh, you know, and these things did not be, we did not have waited for all these things to happen for the COVID. We could have done it earlier. But, you know, it has somehow given us a very serious focus in the digital way and analytics way of managing things. And uh, so that's definitely, and it also, to your question, helps us to keep pace with the business changes, the business strategy changes. We work very closely with the business teams and, uh, and whatever changes we need to make um, in our offerings, we do that. It also allows us to segment. It also allows us to differentiate and also track, monitor, measure, and keep making the necessary changes. It also allows us to participate more effectively now in interventions that the company may be doing through in various parts. It could be like you said, process, it could be customer experience. Uh, it allows, we are now pretty much, uh, you know, joined at the hip uh, for driving this change because the way we look at learning, and I constantly say this, it's not training. For us, learning is actually a platform. You know, it's actually a platform that we offer. Training is one small part of it, but it's a platform for driving change in the organization. It's a platform for developing leaders. It is a platform for leaders to come and talk to the participants. It's a platform for successful peers to share their success stories and create a multiplier effect, right? We learn from each other faster. It's a platform to get the industry experts and all to come in and build perspectives. It's a platform to learn socially. It's a platform to collaborate effectively. Uh, so for me, learning is really a platform and it's everyone's baby. 
the other important thing that you know message that we drive in terms of the change with the business with the interventions with the individuals the segmentation all another very important change that we drive is we help participants understand why are they learning right and how does it help them not only to be successful in their jobs uh, but the way we approach it is learning is really not trading learning is about contribution uh, to to what you do and and we really help them understand uh, a broader perspective around the importance of learning in life in general and that's been our biggest attempt to move them from a to b uh, so and and going forward we plan to attach it to purpose to meaning help them reflect and and not that they are machines who is coming and, and and getting you know doing something so it's much more holistic than that the way we are approaching and we are we are really especially the people who are getting inducted now we are also telling them why are you learning so so again we try to keep it holistic so that it is just simpler and it's meaningful for every constituent the learner the leaders uh, the business and us all of us Uh, so talking about uh, taking it forward right so i was just thinking that uh, the kind of uh, changes and the realizations like you said uh, that have happened during these uh, crises and the kind of changes that it had brought to corporate learning which also mentioned by you have been positive changes uh, talking about the future and talking about these changes to exist and to uh, you know like consistently be there for perpetuity what kind of steps because now that uh, you know there has been a very fast moving change in the world it's going to change in the next probably 6 to 8 months as well what sort of steps do you think once the offices start probably we are not able to reap the benefits of this virtual uh, you know connect that we are able to right now what are the kind of steps that we can take in the future to probably continue this for perpetuity yeah uh, you know some of the things that i as i talked about remains the other element is you have to it has to get integrated with our way of being you know it just can't be uh, something that i do over and above okay at a mindset level and also at a operational level it can't be something that i do over and above so i talked touched upon the mindset at an operational level you know for some of our roles we've already managed to experiment this and uh, and then people are back to customer and client interactions so so we sort of do this work with them for a chunk of 6 weeks and we interact with them for about an hour and a half every week we uh, try and create the construct of the virtual classroom such that there is a pull in it i want to be a part of it because i feel camaraderie not only do i learn i feel camaraderie i feel my challenges are understood i get solutions i get to learn from successful people so it's 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 that so that there's a lot of pull and it's also fun and it's also fun right because uh, it's 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 like it's like participating in a in a lovely party as i call it and it's like uh, you know watching a movie being played in front of me or maybe a theater which i am a part of so that's the way you know we are looking at it so that it is an entertainment the learning is also an entertainment and it's not a tragedy because learning really is as i said it's not training it's a it's it's experience of life right uh, and 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 constructed such that to me it's an entertainment which i wish to be a part of 
And by the way, I also get to learn new skills. I get to perform better. I get some recognitions as well, become a solid banker in our case and, uh, and uh, be more mindful because we also offer mindfulness solutions. So by the way, these things also happen. So that's the way. So for, for me, uh, I would believe I have managed to do it well if we have been able to shift learning as an entertainment and, uh, or an infotainment. Uh, is, is where you know we want to get there. Very very insightful point. Uh, so talking about the kind of initiatives and that good even... question and a great question too, Sakshi. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, moving ahead with uh, some of the initiatives that you have taken yourself, right, with the Head Start and the Stay Positive series. Uh, so the kind of learning which is being imparted. Uh, so uh, in the changing times, the need of the art has also become these buzzwords called reskilling, de-skilling, and upskilling of the workforce. Uh, according to you, how is how are organizations looking at these upskillings and de-skillings, and what are the kind of skills, desirable skills that we're actually talking about across probably uh, you know management levels from junior to middle senior management, what are these sort of skills that uh, have become yeah. desirable? Yeah, since I've talked a lot about the junior management, I'll come back to that as well. But let me little bit start start from the top. So, uh, I mean, we have identified 10 skills and three focus areas. So at a leadership level, you know, we realize uh, leading in crisis is going to be the order of the day. So one will have to really learn what does that mean? How do we do it? It's beyond leadership agility. It's really leading in a crisis and be able to do that well. While you remain strategic, while you remain future focused, yet lead in crisis. The second area which is going to emerge is, is emerge, has emerged fully for us is leading a digital workplace huh? and also a virtual workplace. So I'm just giving both the names because it may mean a little bit different thing. Uh, but virtual workplace is a subset. So leading a digital workplace, I think as leaders. Uh, so for example, I myself had COVID and my entire family had COVID. So when I came back, you know, and as I say, it's a lot of changes. We were in the thick of it. And, uh, and the team had worked exceptionally hard to drive this change in the back. And, uh, and as I told you that we got a strategy sign off and all before COVID. And then they suddenly had to change everything and we, and we were all thick and thin, including myself. And then suddenly this happens to me. So when I came back and I started talking to people in small groups and teams, I could sense that, you know, there was some, some motivation level drop, which was happening. And, uh, and then, you know, the first thing that I did with few people who are critical to keep this high, I said, okay, let's get into a call. So step one, we said, let's put the videos on. Let's see each other on the video, right? And let's just smile and, and see each other's faces. And that itself, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day, told me that that one conversation was, was good for her. Uh, then step two, I actually fixed up time with each one of them. And I said, we're going to talk one is to one. And in a group, I, I left this question that please tell me, how are you feeling on a scale of 10 with respect to your motivation? And how confident are you feeling to be able to uh, deploy the strategy that we have together created? I know it's a tall order. Um, and they gave their ratings, right? And people were in different places, some high, some lows. But then I went ahead and did one-is-to-one -one conversations. And these conversations were meant to listen. And at the same time, also give them perspective, another way of looking at things. 
and that helped us to again regroup and the energies are back so this is very important because uh, you know some of the traditional things that we are used to seeing each other do that on videos and also however conversations it's very very important so things like that you know to to drive the second point home leading in a digital and a virtual workplace and of course data analytics i'm hiring a data scientist for my team uh, to to really make sense of all the things that i just talked about so it's a it's really a left brain right brain bringing both together it has to be a whole brain approach leading in a digital and a virtual workplace so that's a second area other than leading in crisis the third area really is about uh, data smart leaders data smart leaders so i would say the virtual workplace leading in a virtual workplace is a lot of right brain usage and leading a digital and a data based workplace is a lot of left brain usage and and leadership in crisis is all about your whole being you know be there and do what is right it can't be prescribed it's a lot of art so so whole brain art science uh, everything comes in if you have to so these are the three areas we have found out this is a combination of art and science and both parts of the brain uh, you know leading in crisis leading a, a virtual workplace and also leading to digital and data in terms of skills you know uh, uh, are uh, the skills to be able to uh, some skills are understood right so that the complexities are changing so how do you deal with that but the skills which are really coming at premium uh, in, in in because of the new normal if you, that's your question are interactive skills right are and and skills which are which helps in the new normal we operate to a leadership collective and leadership across all levels none of us will have the answers we have to come together so so one of our initiatives then for the leaders that we talk to talk about we branded it as leadership collective uh, so it is important that all of us come together and the skills that are premium hence under this interactive skills as well as uh, you know the synergy skills are the skills to communication is coming up as a big one communication skills storytelling storytelling is becoming very very critical um the third skill that i'm seeing emerging is your ability to influence influencing skills negotiation you know uh, what we used to even with our partners i can see that you know negotiate and even internally project timelines etc negotiation managing conflicts right is becoming important and also collaboration skills so these are uh, some of the skills at leadership level at a frontline level uh, execution speed and agility uh, and project management skills are becoming very important too so 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 a large number of skills you know uh, which are uh, as we call it uh, business skills and interactive skills are uh, very very critical along with those three new focus areas of leadership as i talked about is what we have figured out I hope you are doing well now, Miss Mitra. Thank and you. Yes. Yeah, and it's yes. insightful on so many levels. Getting to know about this domain directly from you, it has been genuinely very, very insightful. And uh, taking that forward, I would really like you to discuss a little more about your own experience that you've had through these spectrum of industries that you've been associated with, and how this. Uh, hr function and the company learning culture has evolved or is different in all these uh, industries 
Yeah, great question. I just looked at the time so that I just don't go overboard. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and I have, if you've seen it, I've also started my career first 15 years. I've actually been in business, which meant sales and operations and customer service. I've done it all. And at times, you know, I myself don't, can't believe that I've done it all. So 15 years was that. And then, uh, you know, I moved to business transformation, HR transformation. It, 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 was, uh, it was a decision that I took because children were small and I had to uh, balance myself a little bit because in sales roles, you were traveling 25 days a month and it was difficult for them to handle. Uh, but I'm glad that, you know, uh, situations happened and opportunities came. Uh, so if I have to, however, talk about, uh, you know, however, how is it different from one industry to the other? Uh, in the IT industry, which was the first industry that I worked for, uh, so IT industry at that time was an industry which was in a growth phase. This was way back in early, uh, early 90s and when the economy of the country had just opened up and along with that IT and tech had opened up. Uh, so I thought it really gave us, uh, early on in my life, it helped us to see the, in an IT industry, the importance of reaching out, the importance of networking, the importance of uh, being soft with your employees internally, and yet be very focused to, to be able to deliver what you want to deliver. And it was an industry which was going to constant disruption. So for example, I worked for Tata Infosys at that point, Tata Unisys, which became Tata Infosys, and then later on merged with TCS, right? So you were going to constant disruption. But I think I learned the value of authentic leadership uh, in, in an industry. And if you would go back and see IT industry now, the large ones, be it the TCS, the Wipro, Ramadurai and Azim Premji, and then even the Infosys leaders. So I thought authentic leadership uh, with focused business practices, uh, with doing your daily job right, uh, your work right, and also a collective way of doing things together because none of them had the answer. So authenticity of leadership and being focused in what you deliver and be open to new realities every day and adapt to it. Uh, is, 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 is really the flavor of the IT industry and, and my great learnings from there. Then I moved to FMCG uh, and this continued to be a business role. In FMCG, what it helped us to do is uh, many things. Capacity, it built your own capacity of hard work because especially if you are in sales and operations and service in an FMCG company, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, it, it, it actually hard work is, is more than hard work. It's building capacity that I can do so much more. It is also an industry which actually empowers you and gives you responsibility of decision making very early on in your career, right? Because you are the business manager, you, your products, you have to decide each market is different. So it gives you that agility and that also empowerment. And I remember once I asked my leaders, so you give me responsibility. How about my authority of taking decisions? And, uh, and they said, hmm, that's a good question. And then and some things did change after that. Your ability to network and really take a leadership role because you're dealing with distributors or you are whichever function you are, or you are taking commercial decisions, even at the back office or technology you are putting in place. 
So your ability to lead, and if you see that many FMCGs have produced great leaders, right? Great, great leaders in the country. So that's that's that very important area of uh, you know empowerment, decision making, capacity to, and and also leadership. I think that is what that industry really gives you. You know, really builds you like a strong, uh, happy, agile, smart, open uh, individual. And behind FMCG companies, no one has time to backstab anyone. So it's a lot of camaraderie. It's a lot of bone homie. And, and, you know, they all sell products which are of low value. But see some of the big ones, like I work for Levers and Coke, uh, how beautifully, you know, uh, they have managed to make their presence felt in the world. Doing so many billion dollars of business for a low value product, until and unless you do all these things, you just can't get there, right? So you really have to fit leaders. So that's what they do. And uh, coming to manufacturing. So I worked again with an Indian manufacturing organization, right? So uh, the Mahindras, for example, again, an amazing company. So uh, so manufacturing is it's full of engineers, right? Full of engineers. And left, right, age, piche, engineers. And I even challenged, why do you have to hire engineers for all roles? But anyway, so that's the way it is. And extremely process driven right uh, intellectual horsepower is brilliant because imagine we built cars like scorpio like i've seen those leaders i've been to those rnt labs uh, the thars the new thar which got launched i saw it even I, before i was leaving uh, my friend showed me there this is what we're developing how does it feel um, then the xuv 500 and so on and so forth so, so extremely process oriented, uh, extremely focused and intellectually very bright people, intellectually very bright people. So, if, and, and these are companies, they are very entrepreneurial in nature because they have to constantly let you sort of innovate. So manufacturing, uh, you know, uh, contrary to popular belief uh, is, is very innovative in nature. They, they allow a lot of innovation a lot of entrepreneurism because you know you're building things uh, before you're selling it across the value chain be it the customer service be it the product development group be it hr be it manufacturing quality per se and they build uh, you know as a result of this they also give multi-skilling and multiple job opportunities to their leaders you know there you are not like stuck in one function so people are very holistic and uh, very i would say enlightened leaders if we have to get enlightened leaders if we have to sit solid leaders you know we're solid with their value system with everything uh, that's what a manufacturing industry does to you because you can't build a car which has problems with safety right and because you can't cut corners there uh, yet you have to meet a certain pricing now uh, so it's it's a it's an industry which which uh, which works with a lot of integrity, lot of innovation, lot of entrepreneurism, and multi-skilled people, solid people, and uh, and great leaders. You know, great great leaders. Some of them you can term them as God also. I I do term few of those leaders there as God. Yeah, I saw I got I saw gods in manufacturing leaders. And now I'm in banking, I'm loving it. It's a very different industry. Uh, we are a very beautiful company, obviously open, very different from other banks. 
uh, it's it's like everything that I've learned in my life in the other three industries, it all comes together and comes handy. I'm loving every moment of being here. It's really amazing to hear and talking about leadership and, uh, you know, the kind of leadership roles that you yourself have held uh, throughout these industries. Is there anything else that apart from the learnings that you got out of these industries, you'd like to add in your own leadership journey, the kind of roles that you held and the kind of responsibilities that you held? Yeah, actually, in a way, I was talking about myself also as I was taking through, through, through these journeys. Uh, yes, my style kept changing. And uh, so, the, so, so when I talk about the IT industry, right? So can you believe it was even then uh, they actually gave me a promotion when I was carrying my first child. I was promoted. And this was way back in 96, 97. So it, it, it helped me build a lot of trust in the system, right? In the ecosystem that uh, if you, so I, I later on thought, why would they do that? Because the only thing that I was possibly doing, which normally people may not do during the circumstances, if I had to go to office, even on a Saturday or a Sunday, I would do that once in a while, right? And I just did my job right and I extended myself. So, uh, so it helped me trust, you know, as a reader, I understood it's important to trust and support your people in all circumstances and no biases, no biases. So that was my first learning that, you know, and I have never, I have not faced gender bias all my life because that was my grooming and grounding in my first organization. I never was discriminated against, can you imagine, as I said, even I, later on in some companies, I had to change the rules of the game. So, so uh, yeah, absolutely, you know, this, this thought of gender bias or inclusivity, I would say, respecting diversity and inclusivity, I think that I, uh, you know, got built in. As I moved on to another industry, respecting, uh, you know, hard work, uh, respecting uh, every individual uh, and believing in the potential of every individual is, is what I learned, uh, you know, again, another uh, as I moved to the leadership journey. Then when I was in Coke, etc., you know, Coke was a loss-making company for 13 years in India. And there I was leading the... There I was uh, leading the transformation for all processes, uh, created them grounds up. So, uh, you know, that gave me an understanding that business leaders and HR leaders, when they come together, you can create magic and you can create history. Uh, so, uh, uh, so, so, so that was another experience from 13 years of loss making, we actually became profit making uh, within a year and a half and two of me and some of us in the same Qadar joining, right? So life is bright. I remember the engagement scores of some of the business unit heads were all in red you know, when, when some of us joined, within nine months, it started not only green, solid green. And when we would do our survey, a global survey across the world, uh, we saw our HR process scores jumping from 62 to 82 to 88. The business leader scores engagement from solid red to solid green and stayed like that forever. So that gave me a lot of understanding that transformation is not difficult of an organization. Turnaround is easier than we imagine it to be. The CEO at that point in time, uh, you know, he just 
he just inverted the pyramid and sent some simple messages that you care for your frontline workers, you care for people who are not even on the rules of the company. We had a large number of people like work contract labor, uh, people on the sales force. Uh, and he said, let's understand how they feel about our culture and make them feel united. So I learned from there two things, three things. One is uh, include uh, even your frontliners, you know, they are your bread and butter winners. They are the face of the organization, right? If you take care of them well, organization will turn around. Second thing I learned from there is when all business leaders come together, you can create magic. And third, I learned transformation is much easier, or turnaround is much easier than we believe it is. So we all have to take small steps and right steps, and the whole is really larger than the parts. Uh, so that's what I learned about courage in leadership there, that you can, you can create something out of nothing and can create magic. And in the manufacturing, I learned how to get, how to, uh, the courage really continued and how to really make change happen. You know, how do you try change and transformation in an organization and make a big difference? Uh, so those were some of my learnings, you know, trust, diversity, recognizing strength, uh, including the last line, uh, turnaround is not difficult. And also, uh, you know, uh, even if a transformation, I, I made a transformation project which failed three times in the last 10 years, and we managed to do it in about a year and a half. And uh, yeah, so, so my biggest learning, you know, Sakshi, is everything is possible. As I say, not impossible also says I'm possible. And uh, yeah, and, and another learning is, another very important learning, is uh, nothing comes easy. Uh, we have to apply a lot of ourselves. Uh, we should be able to take in some pain it is okay, good to cry once in a while uh, and, uh, and understand, you know, uh, what can you do and then shake yourself up and say, okay, now I'm going to do this differently and have some mentors and peers who are your friends who can support you. Uh, but individually, uh, you know, 20% of us, uh, we have to put up uh, as a bait and then 80% of us can be happy. In very insightful thoughts there. And uh, from your learnings, I believe, uh, you know, we understand what is it and how is it that you go about the kind of courage and the kind of, uh, you know, giving yourself out there, being all in that you're talking about. And, uh, you know, uh, talking about the entire and all the activities and initiatives. So the firms that you are, that probably you're working in right now, you, you have built this very, sophisticated and a very well-established, uh, you know, corporate learning uh, system as, as from what I can hear from you. Uh, what about, is there any advice in my last segment I'd like to ask you, any advice that you'd like to give to other businesses or other professionals who are probably not at that proficiency at this time, during these current times and how to go about it? Uh, uh, I don't know what to say, but, uh... You know, what I have seen, uh, you know, uh, life is less complex than we think it is. Life is less complicated than we think it is. So uh, I think two, three things. I think uh, 
you know, just every situation is new. Every day is new. Uh, there is there is very little of the past which has uh, you know thing on the present. And you know, when we are without baggage, I think our ability to get acceptance, our ability to think strategically, and our ability to innovate, all three uh, become significantly uh, more pronounced. More pronounced. So if I have to give uh, uh, any any pearls of whatever little bit of wisdom that I have gathered is these are not copy. These are not bookish things. When they say unlearn every time, I, I, I believe in it. I don't carry my work. You would never find in, in my disk, hard disk, when I leave an organization, whatever work we have done, I've never carried it with me, right? Because I know they're useless. It's not going to work in the next organization. Uh, so, so unlearn, uh, uh, you know, relearn, recommit, and uh, be in the moment, understand what that organization is all about. It's a different uh, pace. And, uh, and, uh, then, uh, and then, you know, start uh, innovating and strategizing afresh, right? The extension of this is experiment, immerse yourself, listen a lot, build good networks, uh, of, of this and very importantly be authentic and trustworthy and that I think is is the crux of it all because you know people feel it people get it people send it. Uh, so these would be few things that I would say which we call uh, you know principle based leadership or value based leadership or whatever name you give it or something else uh, these are some things that has helped me if I, if I have to talk about it so feel the pulse and be authentic to it. That, that brings us to the end, Ms. Mitra. And I genuinely thank you for your valuable time. Such an insightful, and I must say, such an optimistic session that we've had today. Your enriching experience across industries and also functions, it has been really enriching for all of us today. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Glad for the opportunity. And as we talk, we also discover things about ourselves and what more to be done. So thank you very much.